Welcome to Car Wash, the podcast, your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. So put it in neutral, feed off the brakes, and take your hands off the steering wheel, because here we go. Here are your guides on this journey, David Begin of Begin Insights and Car Wash Magazine Editor-in-Chief, Matt DeWolf. Hello, Car Wash Nation. Thanks for listening to this episode of Car Wash the Podcast. Do you like that, Matt? I see you smirking there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just laughing. I'm just laughing. I've done that. I have done that. I love it because I actually, where I learned to do podcasts was from a guy that did that. He'd go, hello, Podcast Nation. (laughs) And I just thought that is so cool. And when I say that, it makes me excited because I think about all the people out there in, in our nation, in the world, washing cars, and they're just the best group of people ever. And so David, I only smirk because I see the joy in your face when you're, when you get to say it. (laughs) Well, good. We shouldn't be on video here. We typically shut our video down when we're recording on zoom, but I think our quality is pretty good today, but we're going to continue with part two of the new normal to kind of talk about, you know, what you need to do and what you should prepare for uh, as things change and how do you accept and embrace change. There's going to be a lot of good things that are going to come out of this. So How do you look for those and how do you help your customers, your employees, and your business thrive? So with that, let's continue part two. You know, the other type of new normal we got to talk about is restaurants. So the whole hospitality industry is really kind of on its ear. You know, we uh, we had our enhancement group last week and one of my colleagues asked the group before we we broke up and they made planning on going to a restaurant when they open Hmm. and nobody said yes. And, you know, two of us are in the restaurant industry. So (laughs) it's like, are we going to go back? When are we going to go back? You know, what, what's the restaurant layouts going to look like? Can restaurants make money if they decide to go to 50% capacity? Will takeout now become a bigger part of what we do? So we can, you know, we can create these kitchens, but having dining areas might not be that important. Do restaurants have the business model so they can make money without selling alcohol? Lots of questions. Yeah. Yeah. Does your meal, does your meal suddenly cost three times as much Yeah. Right, to, to do a takeout experience? Yeah. Yeah. Because a lot of these places count on alcohol sales to make money, you know, and, and restaurants, I, believe it or not, I was, I was super surprised. We own a self-serve frozen yogurt place. Not that I'm necessarily in the restaurant business, but <laughs> I own a food service business. And I was surprised at the payment terms for buying product. You know, it was like net, net zero. So when we deliver, you have to write us a check for, for, the, for the product, right? Where, where normally it's net 15, net 30, you know, in the car wash business, you've got a little bit of time to pay your bills. Yeah. Not in the restaurant business because the margins are so thin that, you know, you're buying today's food for today and you need to pay it today because you know, you're talking some very thin margins. And when you start taking out a dining experience, you start taking away alcohol in the equation of eating, you know, what does that do to restaurants? And so again, that could be an industry that makes some major improvements on what they do in the future. We might see a lot more food trucks. We might see a lot more just kitchens where you pick up food. Mm -hmm. What's that going to do to the dining experience? And there's, you know, a big part of our economy is based on restaurants. Yeah, you know, the um, Minneapolis has a tremendous food truck scene. And, um, but I'm just thinking about even, even the act of getting your food from that truck 
is going to be different. Yeah. Because that you're not going to want to hand back and forth cash. So they're going to have to have contactless kind of options available. Um, you're not going to want to stand in a line, you know, jam packed. A lot of these things, normally they'd gather it, um, you know, in between downtown offices or they'd, they'd be at like big campgrounds or fairgrounds and that kind of thing. Well, I mean, some of that stuff's changing and there's not going to be large groups gathering for a while. So that's a whole different area of opportunity. I mean, I feel like, I feel like what we're going to start to see, this is my, this is my, um, my sci-fi side mm-hmm. coming to, coming to light. Oh, I, I feel did. like we're going to see a lot of those, um, a lot of those deliverable deliver trucks, like they're heat, you know, either refrigerated units, heated units, but it's going to be, um, automation that we've kind of probably been working on in terms of the automobiles. I think you might start to see some food delivery options pop up for some of these restaurants that are having to kind of cut their, cut their tables because guess what? And guess what sucks more than anything, getting your takeout home and it's cold. Yeah. Right? Right. I mean, we, I, I love the takeout. I love being able to still like support some of the, um, restaurants that we really like here in the twin cities area, but man, some of the, some of the experiences we've had doing it are, have not been awesome. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. And their, and their, their, their menu selections have been trimmed down yeah. quite a bit, which is yep. frustrating. And when it gets home, it's not the same. I mean, it's not no. the same experience. So they're going to have to improve that if they're going to make take out a big part of their, their well, economic equation. One, one, uh, one group here, I think they've got it. I think they've got a good idea with this. They've, that's a burger place. Um, really good burgers. They're not, they're not cooking it for you. They're giving you their patties, right? Their yeah. patties, their seasonings, their toppings, and you can take it home and you grill it up and, and you eat it. So then at least it's close. I mean, it's still probably not quite as good as, as the whole ambiance and, and the uh, experience of having to get to do that in a restaurant around a bunch of people, but it's pretty good. Yeah. And I, I've heard that about pizza too. So people yeah. are, are developing pizza, take, take home pizza packs. You make the pizza at home and you cook it yourself and you know, they're so, yeah. So the, those are changes that we're seeing. And even like you talked about before, the difference between cash and credit will cash mm-hmm. become a lot less uh, ubiquitous in our society in China right now. It's not even, it's not even credit cards. They don't accept credit cards in China. You got to have a phone that will allow you to make payment. Yeah. Uh, and they don't even do credit cards. So, I mean, that, that's an example of a society that's kind of leapfrogged this whole thing about cash and, you know, they've, they've jumped over credit cards and now you've got all your payment processes on your phone. Those are the things I think we're going to see accelerating in our industry. You know, we've, and, and we can go to the car wash, you know, industry. Yeah. When I first opened a car wash back in the mid 2000s, at one of our washes, 70, 80% was cash. Uh, wow. You know, and, and now it's flipped. So it's almost the opposite now. We're only 30% is cash. So we're starting to see that movement, but this could accelerate the whole idea of how we pay for things, which I think is good. So one, one more thing about healthcare, which is interesting is in a lot of countries, we're seeing that the the vast majority of doctor visits are online, Mm -hmm. which I think is a lot more efficient, right? Instead of going to the doctor, sitting in a waiting room (laughs) where we were kind of nervous anyway, because we were around a lot of sick people. Um, And then, you know, we had to go in the waiting room, you know, how many doctor visits can be solved by just talking to a doctor and kind of showing him what's going on and, you know, he can, he can make some recommendations. You know, how, how would that streamline the healthcare industry by having a Zoom call with a doctor? Yeah, telemedicine. Telemedicine is, is it's another one of those things where they, it accelerated it, right? Yeah. It was coming and they were working on it, sure, but there was no incentive at the time to do it any faster. And so now 
there the incentive happened here we are it's working well for a lot of a lot of people and i'll tell you what i'm i'm not excited to go um sit in a sit in a uh patient room anytime soon yeah. not 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 because of not because of anything covid related or anything like that but because man there's nothing worse than sitting there looking at your watch and going man my appointment was for one it's 245 <laughs> and yeah. the doctors you know said he'd be right back yeah yeah, they're super busy in this way, man. They can sit at their desk. They can yep. take care of people pretty quickly. You know, I think it's going to be a lot more efficient. It could drive down some of the cost. Um, if you don't have that many, you know, if you only have two two waiting rooms or exam rooms instead of 10, I mean, how can that really improve the process? So I think, you know, that that's an example where this industry needed improving. This pandemic is forcing those changes. Mm -hmm. And we could come out the better, uh, come out the other side with a better process there. So if we think about that in terms of car washing, you know, everybody right now is asking what the new normal is. So what's the going to mm -hmm. be the new normal in car washing? And the thing we've got to do as car wash owners and operators is what are some of the assumptions that we've built our business on? And what do we, how are we going to challenge those assumptions? And I don't even know where to begin with this, <laughs> but the assumption that maybe people want to wash their car a lot, you know, is the assumption is we're going to have the same amount of volume that we had before the pandemic. You know, I, I, most people have seen volume decreases in some form. So if people aren't going to go to work and they're going to work from home, are they going to wash their cars often? You got to be able to ask that question. Is the exterior express model superior to the full service model? Is the full service model going to be superior because of the extra offerings that you can have in a full service for sanitizing a vehicle, is that gonna be what people are gonna want? They're not gonna want to go to exterior express car washes, but they're gonna wanna go vacuum their car anymore. I got out my vacuum unit in my garage and I started vacuuming my car again. I haven't done that in years, right? So all this time and energy and effort we're spending on vacuum areas, do people even want that or are they gonna need that in the future? So, Lots of things, man. If you're not thinking about your car wash business and thinking about what are the assumptions you have about your business and what really needs to be challenged, you might be missing out on maybe what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you think about, even when you go to like, um, there's a lot of really beautiful washes in that I've seen in the United States anyway, there's beautiful washes everywhere. Um, as we all know, when we go on our vacations and visit washes, uh, but the, the, there's a lot of washes that, incorporate some level of um dining experience these days yep. right well we just talked about restaurants and how that's gonna that's gonna flip the script on them so if you're a pure wash that that has any kind of um, food experience at your at your location you need to be thinking really hard about what that's going to look like and right. what to expect yeah yeah i agree with that so you know a couple of things that that some of the business you know leaders are recommending is really listen to your customers so you know Make sure you're staying close to your customers, stay close to your membership, uh, your club membership customers. They tend to be your most loyal customers. You know, listen to what they're telling you. So what are they going to want in the future? What are they not going to want in the future? Um, you know, stay really close to them. See how this is going to evolve. And we're having to do that at our yogurt shop because if you've, you've been a self-serve frozen yogurt, I would assume, mm -hmm. Matt. Of course, you're kind of a hip guy, so I would assume <laughs> you've been the one. But you know, remember back back before we had these topping pans where you got a spoon and scooped it and put it on top of your your topping. You know, when this happened, 
to kind of meet some health department requirements, we put all our toppings in little bags. So these little small sandwich bags, Oh yeah. you know, we put them in there and, and now we still have the, 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 the pans, but we've got a picture we take to the top of the pan and now <laughs> you can point and ask for which one you want. And we just hand you a baggie. And that's the same with our cold toppings. So the things that are cold that we're in a topping bar, we, we put them in two ounce condiment containers and we just hand them to people now. And I don't think we're ever going to change that. Right. I yeah. think that people, you know, I think buffets, yeah. I think buffets are done <laughs> to be honest with you. <laughs> um, sweet tomato last week, you know, is filing bankruptcy and literally closed all their stores. They said, we don't think this is going to be a viable business model anymore. Um, so get into vending. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So I mean, that, that's, that's kind of what we're doing, right? Where there's going to be a lot less touch. I think the way we're doing it, will be better in the long run for our customers and for us as a business. So, um, you know, but our, our customers are kind of telling us what, if they like it, if they don't like it, are they happy with it? We're, we're really trying to, you know, um, involve a lot of customer feedback when it, when it comes to it. So, you know, listening to your customers and then really getting close to your employees and letting them tell you what the customers are saying. So employees mm -hmm. who are there every day, they've got a sense of what's going on. They talk to a lot of customers. They've got their favorite customers. Really engage your employees and say, "What are your what are customers telling you right now about how things are? What do they like? What do they they not like about what's going on?" Um, so you know your employees can really play a big role in helping you define what that new normal is. Um, well, and and tr and also just pay attention, right? Pay yeah. attention to not even don't get so myopic on what you're doing in the car wash industry, but pay attention outside of, uh, outside of your walls and think, see what people are doing and what the sentiment is and how people are reacting to different things. Cause you can, you can glean a lot just from kind of watching general human behavior and what, what they're doing in um, kind of similar spaces. And, and you can kind of plan for it that way too. Cause yeah. the hard, the hard thing is that unless you have a, unless you have a good feedback mechanism in place, you might miss out on some of that, um, that customer interaction because they're not, they don't want it right now. Yeah. So you need like, you need a way for feedback to be able to get that back from them one way or another, whether it's, you know, through your, through your app or on a survey you send out later, some, some way you should be, you should be doing something to make sure you still capture that feedback in a timely manner. Yeah. We've, we've got a, we've got a great mailing list you know, seven or 8,000 emails. And we're just going to send out a poll and say, how are things going? What do you like? What don't you like? And we're just going to get some feedback probably in the next day or two with our, our place. So I think, you know, if you've got texting tools or whatever, mm -hmm. you know, OpSpot, I think I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan. This is a great example of where texting technology could really help you. If you've got yep. that, if you've got that, uh, you know, that particular system like that built up, um, you know, so have, have a lot of, you know, connect with your customers however you can, whether it's in person or with, with technologies. And I think you've got to have an extra measure of empathy for what's going on. So be empathetic with your customers. You might have some customers that are being irrational right now. It's completely understandable. Employees are probably scared and frustrated. You know, you're going to have to have an extra measure of grace or empathy with them. Um, and, you know, some, as a business owner, we, we, we usually, when we make decisions, you know, we, we try to make them quickly, Mm -hmm. But we we were typically able to gather a lot of information about making decisions based on things that we that were given to be consistent. So we 
we would always say, well, people are always going to wash their cars, right? That was kind of one of these givens we had in the car wash industry. But, but anymore, we don't know the answer. So, you know, as a business owner or as a manager, you're going to have to be making decisions, judgment decisions uh, with incomplete data. So you're, you're going to have to be able to make your best judgment decisions with not having all the data you used to have. So you're, you're you know, which is, is scary. It's stressful to yeah. make those type of decisions. And oh, by the way, those decisions are going to affect other people's lives. So, you know, if you decide to, to reduce your staff, that's a big decision you have to make. You don't know if you're making the right decision or not, but it's going to affect people when you do. So your decision-making capability, you're going to have to hone that and you're going to have to feel comfortable, feeling uncomfortable about the decisions you make. Cause you're not yeah. going to know. You're just not going to know. Yeah. The, the be, being, being comfortable with being uncomfortable. I yeah. think that, that, that puts it all <clears throat> right in the, uh, right in the perfect lens for me. Yeah. And so I was looking at a few other things and we'll kind of wrap up with this as far as what can you do personally, um, you know, to kind of get yourself through this situation. And sometimes for me, it's just focus on today, right? So don't focus on the future. Don't worry about what happened. All you've got are these 24 hours, make the best of these 24 hours and start compartmentalizing or chunking your day or, you know, into smaller pieces or take a look at just a 24 hour period. And, and you can control what happens in this 24 hour period. Sometimes you just got to go to that place where you don't think about what's happening. Um, the other thing is, you know, you've got to limit your news consumption. And this has been one I've been focusing on the last couple of years you know, news, news channels, news stories are designed to get you agitated. That's what they do. They want to get you worked up. They want to get you hooked in and they want you watching. And, and news has changed quite a bit in the last 15 or 20 years from when there was three TV stations, you had the news was on and you had an individual, you know, whether it's Walter Cronkite or whoever it was, you know, they were what they said, well, you know, they, they really focused on creating good news. Yeah. That's not the case anymore. So be careful where you get your news. Don't get sucked into the extreme views that you see uh, on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, because those are designed to get you riled up. And they're literally designed to get you worked up. Um, so don't, don't, don't buy into either side one way or another for the extreme news that you're hearing. Um, yeah. The YouTube, the YouTube algorithms are literally, literally created to push you to one extreme or another. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's interesting that, that people design YouTube videos to get you to, you know, they're, they're designed to make money. So in order for them to make money, they've got to create some sensationalist yep. type of type of uh, news. So just be very careful, you know, take what you're seeing online with a grain of salt. Um, try to find some good sources of data for news. I think that's really important you know, and limit where you're getting your news. Um, you know, and, and so that, that's one thing. The second thing I think is, you know, you're going to have emotional reactions you probably never would normally have. So just, you know, understand that I'm having a bad day today. You know, I'm stressed out where maybe you would normally not be stressed out. You know, you can just naming what you're going through is, is a very powerful tool to kind of help you get over it. You know, I'm frustrated today. I'm sad today. I don't, like all my bike trips that I planned this summer and this spring are getting canceled. <laughs> and so I go through periods where I'm frustrated with that, right? Oh, I don't get to, don't get to do this or don't get to do that. And just observing your emotions kind of from a third party helps kind of take some of the sting out of it. So just be very cognizant and observant of what you're going through. 
and realize you might have some bad days, right? You might have a day where you overreacted on something where normally you wouldn't have done. So, um, you know, just yeah, David, on that, on that one, I think it helps too. like, just even if you can't, even if you can't articulate it or can't, can't get it out of your head, try and write it down, right? Just write yeah. it, to take yeah. five minutes and just like write down what you're thinking. Yeah. That'll help. That'll help you kind of express that. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, and, and I've been studying a little bit about this, but the whole deal between feelings and thoughts, if you're feeling one way, it's because you're thinking a certain way. Mm -hmm. And if you can identify how you're thinking, you can usually change those thoughts, which will change your feelings. And then that's kind of a, that's a very short discussion for a long discussion. <laughs> but, um, you know, feelings are a result of how you're thinking. And so if you can go back to say, what, what's creating that feeling I'm having? You know, and identify those thoughts, you can, you know, it sort of takes the energy out of them. So the other thing is, you know, they're talking about now because we're, we are kind of stuck now we're getting out of this situation, but the importance of routine. Yeah. So, you know, developing a routine, it's super important that you've got a routine. If you're stuck somewhere and you can't get out for a while, you know, routines are very, very important to our well-being and our psyche. So if you've got a morning routine, if you've got an exercise routine, you know, being physical is very important right now. So take advantage of the time and develop physical activity. They say physical activity is easier to control than your mental health. Mm -hmm. So good physical activities will drive good mental health. It's hard to have good mental health. Uh, you know, it's, it's harder to get your mental health in a good situation without physical activity. So, you know, if you're not being active, this is a great time to do it. Well, if you're, if you're at your wash too, if you're, thinking about your employees and maintaining some level of routine with them too, right? Like yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe you were always visiting them on a specific day at a location. Maybe you're not still able to do that because of whatever's going on, but make some new routine that, that you can help them keep that established. Yeah. 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 I think that's important. Um, you know, if you have something to look forward to each day, so kind of create a little, you know, whether it's a Starbucks cup of coffee tomorrow morning or whatever it is, trying to find something you look forward to. So whether you're trying to get through a Netflix binge watching, you know, or whatever, I'm going to watch one episode tomorrow or one episode the next day, whatever it is, create something you can look forward to because that, that gives us hope in the future and it sort of helps us get through times that are tough. And one thing I think was really interesting is, you know, the, how people have used um, Zoom and mm -hmm. Google Hangouts and now Google Meet. So Google Meet's available. And uh, again, my son thinks that's the greatest thing since sliced bread, but they, they made it available to individuals and just not their business clients, which is good. But, you know, how we kept in touch with each other through Zoom. I mean, people, you know, eight weeks ago didn't even know what it was. And now everybody's an expert on it. And, you know, we're talking to people, we're connecting with people in ways we've never done before. And I, I thought about this. Why, why didn't we ever do this? Why didn't we ever get together as a group via Zoom before? You know, why didn't we ever talk to our parents or, you know, our family or, you know, our immediate family has gotten together via Zoom quite a bit, which is cool. It's like, why, why aren't we doing that every month or every couple of weeks? So. Yeah, it was, it's been sitting there forever. And it was always like, I know, you know, we would, we, we would try to Skype with folks every once in a while, or we would yeah. try to do FaceTimes, but it, it's, it, like you said, we just weren't even thinking about it. We weren't yeah. even thinking about Zoom as an opportunity to kind of gather everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. And then the other part of that is what type of advice would you give yourself? So if you're struggling or going through a, a bad situation, one thing that's nice to do is kind of separate 
yourself into two different people. So take yourself today versus yourself a year from now and play the role of yourself in the future. And what you, what would you, what advice would you give yourself if you could your current self from your future self? So, yeah. you know, when you do that, you end up getting a lot of interesting perspective and, and, you know, and you talk to yourself differently than you would if, um, you know, if you're trying to work it out in the current situation, you, you know, you, you, you do have some perspective uh, inside yourself and sometimes breaking yourself up into two people and giving yourself advice can be, can be really helpful. All right. Well, Matt, anything else to add? You know, I, th um, no, <laughs> no, I, you know, normally I'm not at a loss for words, but I think that, uh, there's a, there's a lot of meat in uh, this particular episode. And I, I hope that, I hope that it's helpful for folks and that it gives us a chance to, um, process all of this new normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're going to mean it for a while. We don't know what's going to happen, but look for the good, look for the opportunity. You know, most people are nice people. If you just kind of have those attitudes that we're going to figure it out. And we figured out a lot of great things in the last eight weeks. We've seen, you know, a lot of cool things happen. We've seen a lot of people come together. We've seen a lot of improvements and processes that we haven't had before. So that, you know, the, it's, whatever's going to happen, unfortunately, it's going to happen quickly for the good yep. and for the bad. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to be different on the back, back end of this. We just need to, you know, be hopeful, be optimistic, take care of your people, take care of your business, take care of your customers. And I think, you know, we're, we're all going to come out of this, you know, better, better than before. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Car Washing the Podcast. You can get this episode anywhere you get podcasts, especially at carwash.org. Go to the Car Wash magazine and you can find the podcast. So for David and Matt, thanks for listening. Car Wash the Podcast is your source for real stories and real business insights from the experts, both in and out of the car wash industry. Our show helps investors, owners, operators, and managers think about ways to enhance their business. Our podcast is a free on-demand audio program that provides information on the latest trends impacting the industry, tips from successful industry leaders, and inspiration for our listeners.